Welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come to discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with Your Marketing University and the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where I bring in cool, fun, cool people that I meet from all over the world to share marketing tips, tricks, ideas, resources, all that kind of fun stuff. Because let's face it, so many people in the world think that marketing has to be complicated and scary. And my goal with this show is to show you that it isn't. It's not black magic. It's not voodoo. It's actually stuff that you can learn and you can do on your own, no matter where you are in business and without having to have a big budget. And today I have a really special guest that we met in the online world. We have never actually been in the same room together yet. Today is Felicia Slattery. We have known each other for probably a couple years, probably about three years now, I think, somewhere right around there. We've been in the online space and we just got reconnected again. We was like, you know what? We really need to chat. And Felicia is a speaker trainer. She is She's a communication business speaking expert. Uh, she's an Amazon number one best-selling author of Kill the Elevator Speech and 21, to make Mo- 21 Ways to Make Money Speaking. Um, she's a creator of the Signature Speech System and the co-creator of the Signature Speech and Webinar Wizard, which I personally have looked at and I'm in the process of using right now. It's a really, real cool tool if you want to do any kind of speaking. So Felicia, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Eli. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So as we got started, I I talked about all kinds of stuff about you, but how did you get started in the whole world of what you're doing right now? Because as a speaker trainer, I mean, let's face it, most people, I I know this as, as a personal thing from people I've talked to, and there's always that phrase that's been around that, you know, public speaking is the number one fear in in America or in the world, actually. And so many people you know, there, there's that, that joke going around that, you know, if there's um, there's a funeral going on, most people would rather be the guy in the casket than the guy giving the eulogy. And right. so, you know, you and I know that speaking is such a powerful tool. And we're not talking about necessarily, you know, big arenas where 7,000 people. We're talking even a room as small as five or six. But how did, how did you get started doing all of this stuff? Yeah, well, uh, that's Jerry Seinfeld's joke, by the way. I always like to give the sources. Is it? Okay, good. I didn't know where it came from. I just knew that it was a really good one, and I've always, you know, I've never taken credit for making it up. I just knew it was around for a long time, but now that I know that, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and that statistic about uh, being the world's uh, number one fear actually came out in the Bruskin Report in 1973. Um, There have been not exactly the same kinds of studies since then, but close. And uh, public speaking usually ranks in the top five of all fears. So um, I don't know if it's still number one or not, but it's something that people don't love to do. So I've actually been speaking, though, my entire life. Um, When I was seven years old, I um, was asked to stand up and speak in front of hundreds of people. Um, I was actually reading um, something at my church. And and I was like, all these people were looking at me. And I was like, Mommy, I want to do that again. How do I keep doing that? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I, I started uh, auditioning for plays and did all different kinds of drama clubs. And I was on the speech team in high school. And, um, you know, I, I was on the speech team. I was recruited to go to the number one college in the nation, Bradley University, and um, spoke competitively. Actually, Bradley is national, um, has been won more national championships 
in public speaking um, as an event than any other school and any other activity. So, like, think about Duke in, you know, basketball uh, or, you know, any other college collegiate activity. Bradley University has more national championships in speech. So I got to be part of that legacy. The year, I, the years I competed, we were number one in both national tournaments. I got to be part of that, which was so cool. Um, so I, everything I've ever done in my entire life, um, up to and including my professional career, involved me standing in front of audiences in some way, shape, or form. I, I had sales jobs where I would stand in front of audiences and I would be basically selling different things from the stage. Um, I did training. I have a master's degree in training. And so I would do training sessions and I would stand up in front of groups and do training. And then I was a college professor for more than a decade, adjunct college professor. Some of the times I was working full-time at other jobs and other times I did that full-time. But um, I taught public speaking in every communication class that a person could teach. So um, public speaking literally has been my entire life. Wow, that is awesome. You know, out of everybody that I've ever met, I don't think anybody's had that rich of a background when it comes to speaking. I mean, we all learn it, and, we, and especially some of us that are, you know, in the marketing world. You know, I'm a speaker too. I love doing it, but I, I ran, randomly came across it and fell in love with it. But that wasn't even until, oh, eight years ago. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it was very, mm -hmm. very recent for me. And I, and of course, you know, um, I grew up in the music world and was a musician. I was classically trained in voice, but I had that problem of stage fright. And so I, I actually did the behind the scenes stuff because I didn't like being in front of people. And then lo and behold, mm -hmm. now I do what I do. But that's a really amazing background. You've got so much experience in this. So how does, you know, when somebody's looking at getting started in the fact of, you know, what is speaking publicly in a more basic standpoint because some people think of those big stages and doing a presentation and and that, and that's the stuff that scares them so let's talk about right. what what is really you know let's talk about it from a simple term of you know how do we get comfortable actually just speaking in front of people well you know what's funny is when i started my business in 2006 it didn't even occur to me that I could be speaking to market my business, which is a riot, <laughs> given my background, right? <laughs> I was, I, I was like, well, I, at the time I had babies, they were uh, one and three years old. And I, you know, like mommy with two master's degrees, we needed to figure out how to use the internet to make money, right? So that's kind of what I threw myself into. And at the time, um, Rise, R-Y-Z-E dot com was a big social network. It was Rise and Yahoo groups. And actually, you and I met on a Yahoo group for uh, Get Clients Now, CJ Hayden's Get Clients Now. Mm -hmm. That's where we met. And it was probably about 2008 or 2009. So it's been a lot of years that we've known each other. <laughs> and I was very active in those groups. And I've, I've noticed that uh, I didn't start off saying that I would be a, a beach coach or consultant. I thought I was a life coach. Because <laughs> um, I used to teach in a personal classes. And you know, personal communication is, I, I, I taught interviewing classes. It's all about asking questions. So I thought, well, all right, I'm going to do this life coaching thing because that sounds really kind of fun and kind of cool. And so I, I learned how to do this online marketing stuff, calling myself a life coach. And then on these social platforms, people started asking questions about speaking because things would come up for them and they'd have to go out and do things or they would be invited to do, you know, webinars weren't really a thing then, but, you know, they'd be invited to do teleseminars or be invited to do a telesummit or, or that kind of a thing. And they would ask questions, usually in a panic. And so I would start answering the questions. And then as, as things evolved, what would happen is 
like they would, I would then inevitably be invited. Can you come and talk about how you're doing that speaking stuff? And can you give tips on how to do that? And I was like, come on, everybody knows how to do that. <laughs> but the, and the point is that how you get started is really by serving people from where you are and where they are. So if people have questions about what it is that you know, answer those questions and answer them freely and answer them openly. I did this on social media. Of course, now social media is a way bigger deal today than it was back then when I started. And there are easy ways to do it um, online, and, you know, within groups and that kind of thing on, on both LinkedIn and Facebook. You can do it with tags on Twitter. Um, Quora is a place where people just ask questions all the time, all day long. You can answer questions from Quora if you wanted to. Uh, and so just be willing to answer questions. And as people start to see that you really are um, a noted authority, you're going to get invited to speak. And don't freak out because a lot of times, the first times that you get invited to speak through sharing openly like that, are very low stress situations. There, somebody, somebody's got a podcast. Maybe they've got a daily podcast, and they got to have a guest every single day of the week. That's a lot of stress for a podcast um, host. As mm-hmm. you know, I mean, your yeah. podcast isn't daily, but you know, if finding a guest is not not always the easiest thing. So if you see somebody who knows what they're doing, then people you get invited. So most of your first experiences speaking may very well be invited to be as a podcast guest or a blog talk radio guest or would you come and do a webinar or, um, you know, come and do my telesummit, that kind of thing, and share some tips. So it's very easy to get started. Just be willing to share your expertise and then let people know that you do speaking. Right. Well, and there's a couple of really, really powerful things that you said in there is that, you know, number one is that when, you know, you and I, we do enough of this that we know what speaking really is from that big picture. And, but a lot of people think that speaking is getting in front of that group of 50 or a hundred people or a thousand or whatever. And that's what freaks them out. But they forget that things like what we're doing right now, this is speaking, you are you know, you're sharing your knowledge, your expertise with me, which is for our guests, for everybody listening to this, that's speaking. But the great thing is it's a conversation that you and I are having. It's not like you're sitting in front of a hundred people right now. And so I think that if you can kind of look at that and we share that, everybody should listen and go, oh, wait a minute, this isn't that hard. I'm just having a conversation with one person. It just happens to be that 10,000 people are going to listen to that conversation once it's done. And so it really makes it a lot easier. Um, and I really want to I want to hone in on something else that you said too. That it's just it really is a a simple process of answering questions people have. You know, I think that as all of us that are in the in the knowledge industry, and it doesn't really matter what you know what business we're in, we are experts in what we do. And I think a lot of people kind of shy away from that. And a lot of it is because we take ourselves for granted, just like you did. You were saying people are asking you about speaking stuff, and you're like, well, everybody knows that, but actually they don't. And it's really funny because we all do that to some degree. And I think a lot of people, and I know a lot of the clients that I work with, when I first talk to them and I start kind of pulling some of this information out, they're really shy about it. They're like, well, you know, that's just, it's no big deal. And I'm like, well, actually it is because guess what? You walk into any room, you're one of maybe two people that actually knows how to do that. And then they start going, Oh, well, I never really thought about it that way. And so that's a it's a great point that you made. It's just just that whole fact of letting people know, you know, hey, I can help you with this. And if somebody's got a question, just share that information, share the answer. 
Yeah, it, it really, it really is. You know, and it's. Uh, I actually tell people when one way to get past being nervous about being on a stage because there will be a time where if you want to use speaking to market your business, you want to be in front of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I tell people, don't worry about the formality. Get on stage and have a conversation with people in the room. Mm-hmm. And depending on how large that room is, if it's a small enough room, if you've got 20 or fewer people, you could literally have a conversation and that be that could be your presentation if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's so much more comfortable and so much easier. You mean like I don't have to come up with a, a whole thing from beginning to end. No, you don't have to do that. Um, you know, I, I usually encourage people to have some path that you want to follow because if you're speaking to market your business, you usually want the audience to do something at the end, right? If you want them to do something at the end, then you kind of need to prepare them a bit and give them an idea of you know where are you going to go and what you're going to offer. And when the offer comes up, they go, oh, well, that's a total no-brainer. Of course I need to do that. So, you know, I certainly advocate planning far in advance, planning in advance, knowing what you want to talk about, getting that out there. But really, if you put in your mind that it's more of you having a conversation and you just sharing some useful information with the audience, it makes it a whole lot easier than, okay, now I'm going to get up and give a speech. Because that's the experience that most people have with giving a speech is they were in a class at some point and they were standing up and they were being judged, were mm-hmm. being graded. Yes. And, you know, if I don't pass this class, I'm not going to graduate. <laughs> if I don't mm-hmm. pass this class, I'm not going to get my degree. I've got to pass and so if that's the only experience they have, then yeah, public speaking is going to be scary. But it's it's really that the bar is especially if you're speaking to market your business, you're usually speaking for free. The bar on free speakers is pretty low because there's some really really crappy ones. <laughs> yeah. So if you go in and deliver what you promise, the audiences are you know you're comfortable talking to them and talking about what you know. Audiences are going to be happy. They're meeting are going to be grateful that you were there and you know if you follow a proven formula you'll make money on spot and later right no definitely and you know there's a couple of really funny things you said in there one of them was you're talking about the the memory of speech class i remember that class and i was a pretty good student i was like i was an a b mostly a student throughout my entire life and that was my only d in class ever and yeah, you're only B. No D, as in David. Oh D. <laughs> uh huh. You got a D on a speech. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, that no. that class. Luckily, it was only a one semester, so it was a half a year thing. But yeah, that uh-huh. I mean, that's how how terrified I was for that situation. And it and it really is ironic as what I do now. But it's really funny because you know we do have that that stigma of you know, how scary it is to do that. But you just shared some great information. And just remember, it's just a conversation. And I remember my very first real presentation as I, I know by my previous company, you know, this is, was a web and graphic design company. And mm-hmm. my, when I first started it, I, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I have to find clients or else I'm gonna have to go out and get a regular job again, which I was terrified by the idea of that. And so I joined one of the chambers of commerce <laughs> And, mm-hmm. um, so I go and I go within the first, you know, there's a brand new group in the first meeting, there's a lunch group, it was called the lunch bunch. And there's like 10 people in the room and they're all excited and they're really energetic and really supportive of this, the new member coming in and I'm brand new and I'm terrified just to be, be in the room at all. 
And the, the leader of the group's like, well, you know what, since you're just starting out, you know, you should, you really need to speak in front of this group because we don't have any web designers in here and they need to learn this stuff. So how, how's two weeks sound? And I'm like, well, I guess, okay. And so I, I signed up on the list and I literally spent the next two weeks putting together my presentation, practicing mm -hmm. it. I had like an eight page handout. I practiced it at least a mm -hmm. hundred times. I was still terrified. I got up there and to this day, I can still remember holding my copy because I didn't have like a PowerPoint slide or anything. It was just, I had my, my copy of the handout and I was going through the handout. But what I was doing is I was so terrified. I was literally just reading my handout. And the thing that ended up making life easy for me. <laughs> and you me, practiced it 800 or 100 times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was still just reading it. I was terrified. And I can, I remember it actually like shaking in my hands. And I remember the guy in the front row is brand new. And I kind of got to know him just a little bit in that two-week time frame. And he became one of my very first clients. Actually, I think he was my first client in the chamber. And he started reading ahead on the handout and just asking me questions to get me away from my handout. And all he was doing was exactly what you're talking about. He just he started asking questions related to websites and I could answer them because it was my information. I knew that stuff. I knew my stuff. I was just terrified to share it in an audience. And so he just asked the questions and I'd, I'd share the answer and it got me away from reading my script. And that was the, probably the best thing that ever happened to me because that taught me how to be interactive with an audience and that I love questions when I have those kind of situations. Those make the most fun presentations. And it does, it turns it into a conversation as opposed to this big, scary, you know, in front of a group type of situation. Yep, in fact, that's how I tell people who are, are nervous to start, start there, right? What are the frequently asked questions that you get? When you tell people you're a whatever, whatever you do, Invariably, we all get about the same dozen questions, mm -hmm. you know, depending on who, when, where the situation, right? So answer those, and that, that's the basis of your speech. I mean, mm -hmm. it is really that simple. Yeah. Answer the questions that people are curious about, that they want to know about, or here's another one. Answer the questions that they should ask that they don't maybe know to ask. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, an, you, know, you know, add that to the mix. No, definitely. And that's one of the things that I share all the time. It's like, you know, you think of your like the top 10 questions people ask you and the top 10 questions people should be asking you. And, mm -hmm. and that is such a powerful, powerful tool. Now, one of the things that you talk about, I want to talk about it because you've got your book um, is kill the elevator speech. Let's talk about that for a little bit. So first off, what, you know, let's define the elevator speech because some people actually listen to this don't know what that is yet. So let's talk about that for a sec. Okay, the elevator speech is the, depending on who you look at, you know, and, and what expert you, you listen to, it's a 30-second to a two-minute pitch. Some people call it the elevator pitch. And it's when somebody asks you what you do, the idea behind it is you should be able to answer that question in the time it takes you to get on an elevator, go whatever floor you're going to go to, and then get off the elevator, right? Mm -hmm. So there's already there's already problems with that. Like, really, if you're just going to go up one floor, that's only like five seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're going to go to the top of the stairs, you may have other, you may have issues, right? So anyway, um, so it's, well, it's... And I'm pretty sure that when that whole thing was created, it was because elevators were way slower than they are now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and actually, I've got the history of it, actually, in my book. It actually came from um, the VC days, uh, venture capitalist days. And venture mm -hmm. capitalists actually still want to hear um, the, the pitch. Mm -hmm. But 
most of us aren't meeting venture capitalists when we go to networking meetings and we're shaking hands and we're saying, hello, how are you, what do you do? And so it's, it's typically the elevator speech is now has kind of morphed into it's the answer to the, the very general business question, what do you do? And people ask that question because they don't know what else to ask. It's kind of like when you see somebody and you haven't seen somebody in a while, you say, how are you on the personal level? It's the business equivalent of how are you? Mm-hmm. They, they're not asking, please give me a speech. You know, just like with the how are you, they're not asking you to, you know, think of the old lady, oh, my knee and the bathitis is finally, <laughs> yeah, I can't take it. Like, they don't want, we don't want to know all that. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't know what else to say. So I just said, what do you do? Because it just seems like polite conversation to ask and we're both at this business thing. So I guess we should start there. Right. And so people just want to know what you do. Very funny. And it's, that is funny that way that goes. Is, and and people, you know, people, they, they ask the question because they don't know what else to say to start off the conversation. Really? They're just like, okay, I'm supposed to talk to this person. He's smiling at me. What should I do? Okay, well, here's the here's the safe question, you know. So when it comes to killing the elevator speech, what is, you know, what are your thoughts about that? How are we how are we supposed to go about changing that? Okay, so there's there's two sides. There's the side we were just talking about, but, you know, people don't know what to ask. Mm-hmm. So instead of asking what do you do, because here's the thing, nobody likes elevator speeches. They're, the only people who like them are the people who are teaching how to do elevator speeches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and sometimes the people who spend a lot of time and money putting together an elevator speech, they feel like I should probably give this thing a sure. Okay, yeah, I guess I like it, right? But when it comes down to it, do you like to hear other people's elevator speeches? Oh, no, I always feel like I need a shower. <laughs> right. I, I feel that I feel like most people feel like after they listen to somebody else's elevator speech in a live situation, you know, in the wild, um, they still feel like, well, what does that mean? Wait, I don't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, the people who teach elevator speech just say, well, the purpose is to get a conversation going. OK, you can get a conversation going without confusing someone and without giving them marketing babble. Mm-hmm. And here's how you do it. You First of all, don't ask, what do you do? Because the people who've got their elevator speech ready to go, the 5 to 10%, they're going to verbally vomit on you. So let's not have to clean up, right? So ask, how did you get started? So mm-hmm. the five words, how did you get started? Just like you started our podcast today. I always smile because a lot of podcast interviews, that's, that's, that's where uh, I, do, I do a lot of podcast interviews. And so um, a lot of interviewers, they like to start there. How did you get started with this? If, right. Think of yourself if you want in that moment as a podcast interviewer and say, well, how did you get started? What happens is the person you're talking to, they're not anticipating that question at all. And mm-hmm. so now you're asking them to tell a story about themselves. And, and, and it says a few things in that moment. It says, number one, I, I thought about what I wanted to ask you here today. Number two, I'm interested in knowing about you. I want to hear more about who you are and what you're about. And so tell me your story. And that is a powerful message to share because then what happens is the person starts, they remember when they got started. And you know, most people are not, don't, don't do you know, multiple podcasts in a week, right? Right. So they're not asked that question all the time. So they're not, they're not used to answering it all the time. So what happens is their mind immediately goes back to when they started 
and they kind of smile and they go, oh my gosh, well, I did this and then I did that. And now there's some things happening in their body. They're remembering a positive experience and they're associating those positive emotions that they're having in that moment, in that memory with you because you asked that question. It's a very powerful question that, that you can ask someone because of all of the things that go around you know, the emotion that's around that because that's what people are going to remember about you is the emotion that they felt when they were with you. And if you have them, you ask where they, how they got started, they're going to remember something positive and happy in their life and they're going to remember that positive emotion and associate that with you. So that's a really powerful way to start a conversation is ask how someone got started. Oh, that is so, so awesome. And I love that because I, I know for a fact, I mean, I, I use that question in a lot of my conversations. And I mean, I'm, I'm a networker. That's what I love doing. We ask, we love to connect with people. Um, and I, and it's, it's funny because you ask that question and you have that emotional response and you get them excited because most people, when, especially in small businesses that are just starting out or, you know, the people that'll go to, to chamber groups or even like even conferences and stuff like you and I do, you know, we're pretty excited about our, our business or it's not, we're not in the business just to make a buck. We're doing it because we're excited about something and we're really passionate about that particular topic as well. And so when you ask that question is like, so, so what got you started doing this or how did you get into this business? That all of a sudden it changes it. They start remembering that side of it and they get excited. And we all know people love talking about themselves. So this opens it up to a really big conversation that gets that makes them happy. And it's amazing how that one simple question can turn a really, really boring night into an amazing conversation with somebody you'll remember forever. Yes, exactly. And now, and that's the point of going to a networking meeting, isn't it? Is to meet people, build your network, and be somebody that they remember and you remember them. You'll definitely stand out when you've made somebody feel good about mm-hmm. you know, sharing their story a little bit. Yeah. So then, the question comes up then, like, you have to, what's the flip side, right? So if somebody's going to ask you, you're not going to give an elevator speech, what do you do? Well, statistics show that um, people are only going to remember two to four words about you. Two to four words. And then they're going to remember how you made them feel. So now you've got a choice. You get to decide, are you going to share what those two to four words are? Just give them, give them the two to four words. Or are you going to say a whole lot of words? And make them figure it out, and then they get to pick what they're going to remember about you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's not – I know what I want to do. This is, this is what I do. Because, you know, here's the thing is people have so many boxes in their brain, right? When you're at a networking meeting, depending on what – let's say you're going to a local chamber of commerce kind of, a, you know, after hours type of thing. So you're going to meet people who are mortgage brokers, and you're going to meet banks. Maybe a photographer, maybe a designer, and maybe a web designer, and and um, you know maybe a business coach, or maybe a life coach, a chiropractor, maybe a massage person. Like, we could go down the list of of the local business kind of folks that are all there. Mm-hmm. So if you come in with this, you know, flowery, a lot of words about what you do, the other person's going to be like, I don't even know what box to put you in. Like I, like, <laughs> well, you're a plumber. Oh, I see. Like, you know, whatever it is, like, oh, I get it now. Oh, you're a graphic designer. Great. I'm going to put you in my graphic designer. Because now we don't want to confuse people. We don't want to make them create a new box because they're not going to remember the new box. 
So give, like, just tell them what you do in plain and simple two-four words English and then have a conversation with them. Again, asking them about, about them, about how they got started. Other questions you could ask would be, you know, what's, your, what's their favorite thing about what they get to do? Um, mm-hmm. What project are they working on right now that they're most excited about? Um, you know, what, tell, you know do you have a, tell me about your favorite customer. Um, you know, one of my friends, Bob, he teaches people about, um, you know, he's, he's, his book, Endless Referrals, fantastic networking book. Um, that's several years old now, but he teaches people to say, you know, ask the question, if I was going to be and meet your, the perfect person to refer to you, who would that look like? What would that person look like? What would the person be like? Oh, okay, cool. So you can answer the question, and then you can also answer the question that, I get to be a politician, and then maybe you share one of those things about yourself, how you got started what your favorite thing is, a project that you're working on right now that you're excited about, um, something really cool that's, that's happening in your business in the moment. Like, just talk a little bit about what is current for you. We, I don't want you to memorize. I don't want you to have this pat, standard pat answer for every single person in every single situation. Because every conversation you have is going to be unique. Every person that you meet is an individual. Every meeting that you go to, there will be no other meeting exactly like it again. Will there be another after after you go to the town? Sure there will be, but it's not going to be the same people, it's not going to be the same experience, and it's not going to be the same conversation. So mm-hmm. why would you bother trying to put together something and memorize a thing that uh, that you need to change every time you <laughs> have a conversation? <laughs> right, and I love that because you know, it, it's just a matter of having a conversation instead of practicing a perfect pitch. And there's certain situations where that could come in handy, but that the conversation piece tends to work much better because it's much more memorable. You know, one of the things that I have is like, for me personally, when people ask me what I do, I'll be like, well, give me, give me a second. Um, help me real quick. What is it you're doing to market yourself right now? And of course, people will say, you know, most of them, they say networking, they'll say so-and-so advertising because they're doing some kind of yellow page or a local newspaper or something and word of mouth uh, because especially if you're dealing with brick and mortar businesses those are the top three 99 of the time and so mm-hmm. i'll yep. i'll turn around and i'm like well have you tried this and based on my knowledge I, I can usually find something that's pretty quick with with those kind of businesses and saying you know have you tried this with your customers and getting referrals or whatever and they're they'll be like oh no i haven't tried that that's awesome and they really appreciate it because i kind of give them a taste of what i do and then i literally say by the way that's what i do i actually do business coaching and marketing strategy <laughs> and by that time now it's not a matter of me just saying i'm a marketing coach or i'm a marketing trainer I've actually given them a real world example of something that they could turn around and run with if they wanted to. And they're re- usually really excited about it. So I've demonstrated what I do. That is going to leave an impression. And it always does. You bet. Exactly. You know what? I love, I love where you went with that because when you said, you know, there, there are some times we're having something that you want to say, and an example of that would be maybe you're in a room full of people and everyone is asked to go around the table or go around the room and stand up and introduce themselves to everybody in the room. Okay, now you're giving a speech because it's one to many. Mm-hmm. Now you want to think a little bit about that. And what I tell people is exactly what you have said. Give a tip to the people in the room. You don't need an elevator speech. 
Um, you, it's, very, it's very unlikely that you're going to go first. And so pay attention to the other people in the room and who are they and what are they about. And, you know, are they mostly, you know, coach kind of people? Are they mostly, um, you know, laborer kind of people? Are they mostly information, you know, business people? Like what are they usually? And then when it comes around to you, give a tip that would be useful to the people in the room. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I always like to talk to an actual person. So as we're going, you know, we're going around the room and my tip is always um, give a tip, <laughs> uh, you know, give a tip about what you do or, um, you know, put together a, a short presentation that you could deliver locally. And then I might say, you know, um, maybe to a, a graphic designer, you know, talk about the top five mistakes that people make with their business cards. That would be something that you could do. A, you could make a video on that, or you could do a quick speech on that, or you could put that on your blog, or how about do all of those things? Mm -hmm. And like people, wow, 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 like they get all excited. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. And I didn't talk about me at all. Right. And that's so much fun about it, too, because it also, on top of that, um, the fact that we're giving value, it also kind of lets the pressure off of us because we have a hard time. It's funny because human nature is we love talking about ourselves, but when it comes to being in, put on the spot, we get nervous and we don't like to talk about ourselves, uh, which is really a yep. major contradiction, right? But in this yep. situation, we just turn that around and said, okay, instead of me talking about myself, I'm going to give you some value, add something for you and give you something you can run with and, and go implement right away. And now I just showed you how I work. So now you have a better understanding of it. But I didn't say one word about me and how many years in business I have or any certifications or any of that kind of stuff. All I did was say, hey, here's something you should try. Yeah. And it, so it relieves the pressure, too. Yep. And exactly like what you said, you know, that's what I do. I teach people how to put together, you know, messages, whether they're all live on stage or on the internet, so that they can get really great results for their business. If you want to know more, I'm Felicia Slattery. I don't even start with my name, because mm -hmm. they don't care. Nobody cares what the heck your name is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Goodness truth. They don't care what your name is. So finish with your name after they go, oh, that person knows something, so they don't have to go, and what's your name again? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Finish with your name. So anyway. I love um, it. Yeah, Good stuff. That's fun. Yeah, for Very sure. Very cool. All right. Well, we're getting close to time here. So, you know, one a couple of things I like to ask as we start finishing up, if there is one tip, one thing that people can get out and take action on right now, what would that be? The one tip would be if you are thinking about going to an event that would be a networking event, you have to shake hands maybe with five people, maybe ten people over the course of the event and have a good conversation with them. Consider being the speaker in the room and put together an, a, a, a title of what you might talk about by answering those frequently asked questions. So make a list of those frequently asked questions that you get because that's what your speech can be about. Love it. Very, very simple thing to do. Put together that checklist to begin with and then get out there. I mean, that's, and that's the great thing is that those, those frequently asked questions, it's something we get asked all the time. We take it for granted, but those are the answers that people need help with. Very cool. So 
how can people find out more about you and, and stay in touch with you? Because I know people listening in definitely are going to want to find out more. I know a lot of our people are speakers, and many of them are just beginning in the speaking world. So you have some awesome stuff. I, I know it personally. Um, like I said, you know, I've, I started out with the fact we've known each other for many, many years. But, um, you know, I can vouch for Felicia on how awesome she is. So if you want to stay in touch with her, this is where it's going to be. So, Felicia, how can people stay in touch with you? Oh, you're so awesome. Thank you for that. All right, so um, a couple of things. If you want to know a little bit more about the elevator speech, go to killmeelevatorspeech.com, and I've got some free goodies there. If you want to know more about the signature speech, that speech where you can be the one in front of the room and shake everybody's hand, go to signaturespeechsecrets.com. Then I love to connect with people and talk with folks on social media. So connect with you wherever you enjoy connecting with people, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Um, just send me a note when you connect, especially on LinkedIn, um, and let me know how, that you were listening to the podcast so I can go, oh, hey, this is somebody I definitely want to make sure I connect with, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm Felicia. I'm Felicia Slattery everywhere. And you can also go to FeliciaSlattery.com. I've got a blog there. You could read. I've been writing since 2006 on a public blog so that you can read for a very long time. <laughs> Awesome. Very cool. And you did, you just did something that is super, super powerful. I mean, I, I do a lot with the whole teaching on networking and all that kind of stuff. And you, you and I've talked about that. You just did something that is like one of my killer staple things, which was when you send somebody requests on social media, tell them where you connected with them because people forget. And I get, I mean, it's not uncommon for me to get 10 to 20 LinkedIn requests a day. And yeah. a lot of these times are people that I just, I don't know. And I'm kind of iffy as, okay, why am I connecting with this person? But every time that somebody says, hey, I met you here, or hey, I attended your class here, or hey, we're friends with, you know, Felicia, something, something like that, that starts the conversation, immediately I hit yes. And so I mm-hmm. love yeah. the fact that you just brought that up. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So we are, we're getting up on time. Felicia, thank you so much for sharing with us today. You, you gave us a ton of stuff to work with. I know everybody's going to get so much value on it. And everybody out there listening for you guys, we're not talking about making speaking as complicated in front of big groups of people. Everything you do is speaking. Conversations, one-on-one conversations, it is speaking. It's just communicating with people. And building a relationship that's all it is and it's great felicia shared some awesome tips with us today so everybody on the call thank you so much for listening of course love it if you would do a review on itunes you can go to drivingyourmarketing.com and there's a little button there that says itunes go over there and then of course felicia as you know you know this with, with me before i've told you this before but thank you so much and if there's anything i can do to help support you let me know hey there this is eli again and i got a question for you do you have a roadmap for marketing your business if you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that i created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.